Yeah, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. I know you guys are fired up. I'm fired up. You know what else I'm fired up about? All the unbelievable gear and stuff they have at auctionofchampions.com. If you guys haven't checked it out yet, you really should. I've been tweeting about it and on Instagram at Ross Tucker NFL. I've been posting about it on Facebook, facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. First of all, if you have memorabilia that you don't want anymore, it's all, you, you give it to them on consignment. So you can sell it to them and make money that way. I've actually done that. So if you don't, if you have stuff you don't need, you can do that. But if you want to buy it, they have auctions every two weeks on Wednesday nights. Check out my social media. They've had awesome stuff. I'm telling you, like legit unique stuff that would be incredible in your house. Just this week, I was saying, if you're like a Penn State fan or a Giants fan, or especially if you're a Penn State fan and a Giants fan, they had a sweet signed jersey by Saquon Barkley, a signed Giants jersey. Pretty awesome. So again, the auctions are every other Wednesday. And what I like it about it the most is that the owner, Alex, he's a listener. He is a listener. He loves it. He's one of you. Support one of us and check out awesome gear. Even if you just want to go check out the pictures and the gear they have, it's incredible. Auctionofchampions.com. It's time to eat. Get in my belly. Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Russ Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast presented, of course, by BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Football is back, baby. Podcast one is the code to get a 50% sign-up bonus. Podcast and the numero one to get that 50% sign-up bonus, which is is incredible love getting free money that's for me i also love your tears of evan evan evan's twitter handle of course at evan silva he is the one and only roto world superstar i always have mixed emotions on this day evan because i look forward to tears of evan so much and here we are with your last one i'm ross tucker the former nfl offensive lineman I provide value every once in a while. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, as I just told you when we were talking about auctionofchampions.com. And next week, Evan, as you know, I will be doing my O-line Tears of Evan so that you have one more differentiating factor. You can print it out. You can write it down after you listen and be like, okay, I'm torn between these two dudes. I'm going with this guy because Ross likes their O-line better. So we'll do that. Tomorrow's episode, we got my dude Shane Buckets. No, Shane Beckett, a.k.a. Uncle Buckets, from Fantasy Football Auction Site, which is incredible. Highly encourage you guys to take a listen to that. He's an awesome dude. Speaking of awesome, by the way, I know you all already know about DraftKings, right? Like everybody listening to this podcast knows about DraftKings. But they have some ridiculous contests coming up. Ridiculous. You can get bragging rights, huge cash prizes, 
all up for grabs at DraftKings.com, the leader in one-week fantasy sports. They were telling me about some of their new contests. Unbelievable. How about this? To celebrate week one, DraftKings is hosting a free team pick'em promo. Pick'em. Everybody can pick them. Download the app or go to DraftKings.com now and use the code FEAST. Listen to this. This is the key. I don't even know how they can do this. But all you have to do is pick at least half of the winning teams correctly for week one. This is not fantasy football. It's pick them contest. Half the winning teams correctly. You win a share of the million bucks. That's it. You guys can get half the teams right. Are you kidding me? That's code feast only at DraftKings. The game inside the game. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash pick them for details. If you ever forget the code, we'll have it up for you with the logo at RossTucker.com. But, dudes, if you're listening to this podcast, you can get half the games right. I mean, you can get half the games right and win money. I love it. DraftKings.com code feast. DraftKings.com. Make sure you use the code feast, though, so you get that extra Money, money, money when you win. Would you know my If I whooped your butt in fantasy. Will I win my league? If I'm following ever. Do, do. Am I drafting Zeke? Zeke? What happens if Zeke retires or something? If I'm following oh, ever, I'm at the turn. the turn. No room to burn. Two picks to burn. But I know I won't go wrong. All right, Evan, it is the final Tears of Evan, and everybody, if you haven't already, go back, listen to his wide receivers, listen to his running backs, listen to his quarterbacks. It's not about rankings. It's about tiers. You have to know what the value is for the guys, and I thought it was interesting looking at your tiers when you sent them to me, Evan. Uh, this morning, let's go to tier one. You've got Gronk, Travis Kelsey, and Zach Ertz. You know, I feel like we talk so often about Gronk and Kelsey being the dominant mm-hmm. tight ends. It's good to see uh, my dude Zach Ertz among the truly elite. Yeah, he's made it there. Um, you know, over the last three years, he's hovered in that 74 to 78 catch range with 816 to 853 yards, so three straight years. That gives you a pretty strong floor uh, to begin with. Where he took his step last year was, well, really in two departments. Number one, he started hot because in recent year or in previous years, the narrative on him, really the, the factual, the facts on him were that he would start slow and he would finish really, really fast. And so, you know, that lack of season-long consistency was frustrating to some people, but he had a full season. He did, he did get uh, injured late in the year, but he had a full season that was a lot more consistent. And he took a huge step in the touchdown department 
never had four in a previous year. He had eight last year with the you know elevation of Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz led the NFL in touchdown rate. Now we do expect that to fall back to the pack a little bit this year. But, you know, I think that Zach Ertz can get more volume because Alshon Jeffrey, his status for week one is uncertain due to uh, severe rotator cuff surgery. Nelson Aguilar has missed much of camp with what the Eagles are calling a lower leg injury. I think he's going to be ready for week one. Um, But, I mean, Ertz, there, there can be more volume in this Eagles passing game for Zach Ertz, I think that Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz established a clear, uh, you know, semblance of ke- chemistry, um, especially in the red zone. Uh, so I do think that Zach Ertz belongs in this tier. Rob Gronkowski, of course, uh, has not played a full 16 games since 2011, but he's so friggin' good that he's finished as a top two tight end in five of the past seven years, uh, and he is going to be leaned on especially heavily to open the season. Brandon Cooks and Danny Amendola are long gone. Julian Edelman is on a four-game suspension. Kenny Britt and Jordan Matthews are already on the street. Uh, I mean, Gronk could open the season legitimately getting like 12 to 15 targets per game, and that is just that would be incredible volume uh, for any tight end. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, for, for my money, the greatest tight end to ever set foot on a football field. Travis Kelsey has topped 80 catches in back-to-back seasons. Um, I think that the move to Patrick Mahomes kind of increases Travis Kelsey's volatility. We, you know, there, it's more of an unknown, um, but I still think that he can be, you know, push Gronk for that number one overall tight end spot on a Chiefs team that really looks poor on defense, uh, but is going to have a lot of explosive potential on offense. I think that they're going to be a shootout team. Um, this season. So I think that Travis Kelsey, although he may be a little bit more volatile, uh, definitely belongs in that tight end two range. Again, this this first tier, an overall tight end two uh, slot, this first tier was just elite scorers with overall tight end one upside. These are the guys who could lead the position in scoring. And I wanted to point out that because tight end is a onesie position, um, like at quarterback, you're only required to start one each week in most leagues. You know, to make it into this tier, the box score expectations for these guys need to be real, real high. Uh, and I think if there are only really three tight ends in the league that meet the criteria, again, Rob Gronkowski, tight end one, Travis Kelsey, tight end two, Zach Ertz, tight end three. Tier two, Jimmy Graham, your fourth-ranked tight end. Wow. Feels like it's been a while since you had him that high. Uh, Delaney, don't call me Delaney Walker. Long-time listeners of the Fantasy Feast will enjoy that. Greg Olson, Evan Ingram, Kyle Rudolph. I always feel like you're a little lower on Rudolph than I would be. Trey Burton, who was first heard about being a good football player on this podcast. Just so you know, this very podcast was the first time anybody even knew he was in the NFL and not still being like a wildcat quarterback after Tebow at Florida. And Jordan Reed, who's you know on the list of top 10 guys that could really be special if they could ever just stay healthy. Yeah, and this is the tier that I've targeted most in drafts. Uh, typically, these guys go in the sixth through the ninth rounds. 
Jimmy Graham showed some signs of decline last year. I mean, he averaged 24.0 yards per game over the final eight. He's not that old, though. I mean, I, I feel like people think you think of him like he's 34 or 35. He's only 31. He, he does turn 32 later this year, but he's really not that old. He's further removed from that ruptured patellar tendon. Um, I love the fact that he's joining uh, an offense that's quarterbacked by Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Jimmy Graham led the NFL in red zone targets and targets inside the 10-yard line last season. And Aaron Rodgers throws the ball in the red zone as often as any quarterback in football. On our bold predictions show with uh, Jason Moore of uh, the Fantasy Footballers, I, one of my bold predictions was that Jimmy Graham is going to lead the NFL in receiving touchdowns this year. I think he's going to end up being my highest owned tight end, either him or Delaney Walker. Um, they're, they're pretty close. I, I draft them a ton. Uh, Delaney Walker has been super, super consistent. Uh, he's gone over 800 yards in four straight years. I think the Titans offense takes a step forward uh, with Delaney Walker as one of the focal points of the passing game. You know, the other guys in the passing game, Rashard Matthews, we still have no idea what is going on with his injury. Um, he signed a really weird contract that almost makes you wonder, is he not playing this year? And then, he, you know, that's like the, the team option to exercise for 2019. I mean, one of the strangest contracts that contract extensions that I've ever seen um, was signed by Rashard Matthews. Taewon Taylor has been balling in training camp in the preseason, but he's still a second year player with only what, you know, a little bit over 20 catches on his resume and Corey Davis have high expectations for him uh, as a breakout candidate. But another guy who doesn't have a lot of catches on his resume, Delaney Walker does. And he also has that constant rapport with Marcus Mariota, that multi-year rapport that makes him so bankable. Um, and I just think that Mariota is going to throw more touchdown passes this year. I mean, his touchdown rate was ridiculously low last year, fell from 5.5% over his first two seasons to 2.9% last year. I think we're going to see him back in that 5.0% touchdown rate, and that would bode well for the Titans' best red zone weapon in Delaney, not Delaney Walker. Um, Greg Olson is 33. He was up and down after returning from a Jones fracture in his foot last year. Those Jones fractures do tend to crop back up, uh, but he, at least he was able to come back, and he ha he's had a full, healthy offseason. Um, so I think all that is good news. You know, before that injury, he had gone nine straight seasons without missing a game, which is an unbelievable feat. Uh, he does have more target competition with Christian McCaffrey back. Christian McCaffrey led all running backs in targets last year. Devin Funchess is in his contract year, and he, he kind of broke out last season. DJ Moore has looked wicked explosive in the preseason. Um, so I did drop Greg Olson below Delaney Walker, um, but those guys are, you know, kind of neck and neck for that. I have Delaney Walker tight end five and Greg Olson tight end six tight end seven is Evan Ingram. He's not going to repeat 115 targets uh, that he saw last year when you know, Odell Beckham got hurt. Sterling Shepard missed a bunch of time. Brandon Marshall got hurt. Um, you know, now they have Saquon Barkley. He's a great receiving back. Odell Beckham is healthy. Sterling Shepard is healthy. Uh, but I do think that Evan Ingram can become more efficient. His catch rate last year at 55.7% 
was pretty bad. Uh, I think that he can take a step forward in efficiency, even if he loses volume. And he, I think he can be a big game tight end. I think that he probably won't be as consistent week to week as some of these other guys, especially uh, Trey Burton, who's ranked behind him. And I, man, I, I feel like Trey Burton, I, I, I'm still too low on him. Um, and I have him as a tight, you know, the tight end nine. And we've seen him produce in spot starts for Zach Ertz, but we've never seen him put together a full season. And I mean, he wasn't even a productive, you know, receiver in college. He, you know, dabbled at quarterback at Florida. So just from a resume standpoint, I don't feel comfortable putting him as like the tight end six or seven. I do have him as the tight end nine. Um, and I've started to draft him recently um, at like a very, at like a high volume rate. I mean, anytime that it's the eighth round, I'm pulling the trigger on Trey Burton. So far in the preseason, he has been on the field for uh, almost 90% of the Bears' first team reps. And Mitchell Trubisky has attempted 18 preseason uh, passes. Six of them have gone to Trey Burton. Uh, I think that Allen Robinson is probably going to have a slowish first year in Chicago. Mitchell Trubisky threw the ball uh, the best in the middle of the field, both as a rookie and uh, at North Carolina. Um, I think he's still got to develop his outside-the-numbers passing game. Uh, So I think that Anthony Miller and Trey Burton are going to kind of eat in the slots, we're going to see Trey Burton lined up all across the formation. I think he's going to lead the team in receiving this year. Kyle Rudolph, you mentioned that you think I'm lower on him. You know, he's like another one of the guys that I, I, I get all the time. Uh, people let him go until like the late eighth round, and the dude scores touchdowns. He's got 15 touchdowns over the last two years. Kirk Cousins uh, has th- targeted tight ends at one of the highest rates in the league since becoming an NFL starter, whether it was Jordan Reed in Washington or uh, Vernon Davis when Jordan Reed would would get hurt. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins was constantly targeting that position. And then to round out the tier, you mentioned Jordan Reed at tight end 10. He has first-tier potential. I mean, that's definitely in his range of outcomes. If we could eke out 12 to 13 games from him, I think that he could finish as a top three to five tight end and you know the deal. And you you know the deal when he's on the board in the ninth and tenth round that you would, would be drafting a guy who has more concussions than any player in the NFL and who has one of the spottiest uh, durability track records in the league, but who also has the upside. So he's the, the perfect boom-bust pick, and you know what you're getting into when uh, you see Jordan Reed available in that spot. There is a reason why – his draft cost has, has dwindled. And, uh, but at the same time, like that risk starts to get baked in at some point, And then you start thinking about the ceiling on him and he could be a week to week difference maker. Tier three, it's a smaller tier. I, I, you know, what I always think is the most interesting is to see like, like almost like a, a Warren Sharp esque graph of your tiers, you know? So tier three is actually a little bit smaller than tier two. Mm-hmm. And it's Jack Doyle, who I just got in the MFL 10 we're doing with our listeners that won in July. Um, the other guys are George Kittle, David Njoku, who evidently was dropping the ball like crazy, according to Hard Knocks, early in camp, but had a heck of a good first preseason game 
We'll see what he's able to do tonight in the third preseason game. Charles Clay and Jared Cook. Tell you what, Evan, some of these guys, I feel like Charles Clay and Jared Cook have been around tight end 14-15 in your third tier for like 15 years now. It's unbelievable. (laughs) I feel like every year we talk about, and then we got Charles Clay, and then we got Jared Cook. Right, right. Well, what what this uh, tier is, you know, the the first two tiers are guys who can really make a difference for you in fantasy. Um, This next tier that we move to, these guys are on that fringe of being a fantasy starter. You know, I could get by with them. Um, or high-end tight end twos, um, the the one outlier in this group, I think, is George Kittle. Uh, George Kittle, I think, I, well, I, I know I would have had him in the second tier if he would not have separated sh- his shoulder in the 49ers preseason opener. Um, the Niners insist that he's going to be ready for week one. He's by far the best red zone target. In that passing game, I think that they're going to score a lot of points in San Francisco this year. Uh, Pierre Garçon has never been a touchdown scorer. Marquise Goodwin is like a little deep threat. You know, Trent Taylor is a little dude. Last year he had, what, 49 catches and one touchdown. Um, so, and so Jordan, or George Kittle has, I think he's got 10 touchdowns in his range of potential outcomes. And he would absolutely be a tier two tight end if we could get that out of him. It's just the injury concern, and I dra- I've drafted him a decent amount. Um, I'm still feeling okay about it, but I did have to drop him out of that second tier because I think he's probably going to enter the season with uh, in a rotation with Garrett Selleck and or Cole Hikutini, uh, and last year they actually finished playing in a rotation as well. Um, so I don't think that we'll see George Kittle out there full-time. Uh, until at least a couple of weeks in the season. And Kyle Kyle Shanahan has always used these rotations uh, at the skill positions, uh, even at wide receiver. You know, he'll, he'll use three, four guys. And at tight end, he'll use two or three guys. Uh, so I don't think that Kittle will open the season as um, a truly featured player, but he could, he could get rolling, and then it would be hard for them to pull him off the field. Jack Doyle, I think it was a concern initially when the Colts signed Eric Ebron. I mean, they gave him a pretty good contract, but so far in the preseason, Eric Ebron has been a ghost with the first team, and Jack Doyle is out there playing every snap. Um, you know, and Jack Doyle is a guy that last year caught 80 passes in an offense that was quarterbacked by Jacoby Brissett. Uh, you look at the... The, the contents of the Colts pass catcher core right now, it's really weak, man. I mean, they got T.Y. Hilton and then, you know, not a whole lot else. So the top two guys in that pass catcher core are still clearly T.Y. Hilton and Jack Doyle. Um, and the upside grows with Andrew Luck back healthy. Um, David Njoku, as you mentioned, balling in the preseason last year only played 47% of the Browns offensive snaps. That's something that you know really irked me last year so far in the preseason, 94% with the first team offense. He has incredible ability. You remember that off season that we had uh, with when Travis Kelsey was entering his second se- season, we gave him the nickname Zeus. Uh, he exploded, you know, he became a big time fantasy tight end and he's continued to, uh, to like tick upward 
uh, the more experience that he has gained in the league, I think that David Njoku could be on a similar track. Like you're just watching him in the preseason, and it's like this dude is ready. This dude is ready to take off. He does have a lot of target competition in Cleveland on what I think will be a run-first offense. Uh, Josh Gordon, Jarvis Landry, uh, Antonio Callaway has shown some things, Duke Johnson. So uh, I think that the consistency might be lacking from Dave, David Njoku, but I think he's going to give us some big plays and some big games. And then Charles Clay and Jared Cook to round out the tier. Not sexy guys at all, but the target competition is weak in Buffalo. It's Kelvin Benjamin, Jeremy Curley, you know, not, not a whole lot there. Charles Clay could easily lead that team in targets. And then um, Jared Cook ha- actually had a career-high 54 receptions last year in his first year with the Raiders. And um, I think that this Raiders team might end up being a shootout team, especially if they get rid of Khalil Mack. It seems like he's on the trade block. He hasn't reported to training camp. John Gruden could conceivably kind of uh, move on from him to send a message uh, to kind of put his stamp on the team. And even if they do have Khalil Mack, I think they're still going to be a bad defense. Uh, So I think that they're going to need to score a lot of points this year. And Jared Cook as a vertical tight end, never a touchdown scorer, but he can have big yardage games. Um, I think that he can be a big part of that. I have him as the tight end 15 overall. I like that. I like the idea of Gruden putting his stamp on the team being by saying he's an idiot by getting rid of Khalil Mack. That would be a, a great stamp to put on the team. Um, tier four, O.J. Howard, Vance McDonald, Tyler Eifert, Hayden Hurst, Austin Hooper, Ricky Seals-Jones, and Cameron Brait. It's crazy how Cam Brait and Howard are always in the same tier. I, I was looking at which tight end I wanted to draft in our MFL draft with our listeners, and they were like right after each other, like in the rank, like their ADP and rank is like they're like they're like two spots away out of the whole NFL. It was crazy. So this tier, tier four, contains tight ends who do have a path, you know, a conceivable path to finishing as a top twelve tight end but they have warts or obstacles in their way. Uh, O.J. Howard, before he went down last year, he looked poised for a major breakout uh, down the stretch. He had five touchdowns on his final 27 targets, and he suffered a year-ending ankle injury. Uh, but his I mean, his big playability, his just game tape as a receiver last year was fantastic. Um, and it's just going to come down to how many targets he's, is he going to get. First of all, he's got to play with Ryan Fitzpatrick for the first three games. Um, you know, he's got to compete for targets with Mike Evans, uh, Adam Humphreys, Deshaun Jackson, Chris Godwin, Cameron Brait. Um, so I think really what O.J. Howard is going to need to break through this year is an injury to Cameron Brait, and Cameron Brait has been pretty healthy so far in the NFL. Vance McDonald at tight end 17 – I think he could surge in his second season with the Steelers. Remember, he saw 16 targets in that playoff loss to Jacksonville. Uh, But he's been battling a foot injury since early in training camp, and the Steelers have told us nothing about his return timetable. It was supposed to be just a day-to-day injury, but it's lasted weeks. So, you know, that clouds his projection. Um, I would probably have him – 
a tier higher up there with Jared Cook and Charles Clay if uh, Vance McDonald were healthy, but of course he is not uh, right now. Tyler Eifert at tight end 18, knock on wood, the guy has been healthy so far in training camp, um, but I mean, over the last four years, he's missed 60% of the Bengals games. He's a really difficult guy to bet on, but when he is in there, he can score touchdowns. I mean, you know, no tight end outside of maybe Gronk and Jimmy Graham is as good at high pointing the football in the end zone as Tyler Eifert. Um, Hayden Hurst, I think, is going to play a really big role for the Ravens this year. Their 11 personnel package, I think it's really clear. It's going to be Michael Crabtree and John Brown on the outside, uh, and then uh, Willie Sneed in the slot, and Hayden Hurst as the lone tight end. Um, he's looked really good in the preseason with playing with the ones and the twos. Um, you know, they drafted him. He was an old guy, relatively speaking, for a rookie. He was 25. Most rookies are, you know, 21 to 23. He was 25 when they drafted him. I think that they saw him as a pro-ready prospect. And I think he's going to be almost an every-down player right out of the gate. Austin Hooper at tight end 20. You know, the the path to targets is not super clear. That It could clear up with an injury, of course. Uh, but right now, you know, it's it's uh, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, and Mohamed Sanu as the top three wideouts. Austin Hooper as the tight end. Um I, I do think that the Falcons offense is going to take a step forward. They fell from first in the NFL in scoring in 2016 to 15th last year, but we're still number three in yards per play and yards per drive. I think they're going to score more points and Matt Ryan's touchdown rate is going to go up. And look, if Austin Hooper scores six, seven, eight touchdowns, then he's going to crush his ADP. Um, and I, but I, I'm not, you know, he's not someone that I want as like an, and every week fantasy starter, but he could become a viable streamer during the year. Now, Ricky Seals Jones at tight end 21, he has been dominating first team snaps for the Cardinals. He's a converted wideout out of Texas A&M, uh, and he's got big playability and he plays in the, in the middle of the field, which is where Sam Bradford has always thrown the ball best. It's Larry Fitzgerald and a bunch of guys competing uh, for looks, well, Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson, and then a bunch of guys competing. I think that Ricky Seals Jones can step up and be that third guy. Showed a lot of big playability as a rookie, and then Cameron Brait. He's not going to be on the field a ton. I mean, OJ Howard out snaps him, um, you know, by a significant margin because OJ Howard is a better blocker. But he is on the field in passing situations and in the red zone, and that's why Cameron Brait has 14 touchdowns over the last two years. So there is a, you know, like the rest of the guys in this tier, there is a path for Cameron Brait to beat his ADP and, you know, finish as a top 12 to 15 tight end. Uh, but, you know, there's also obstacles in his way. And that's why he's down at tight end 22. Tier five. Uh, it's another small one. Ben Watson, former teammate of mine. I can't say that much longer for many guys. Ben Watson, Mike Gesicki, the rookie out of Penn State, Antonio Gates, and Austin Safarian Jenkins. These are guys that we're looking at as potential in-season streamers. If they get a good matchup, you know, if something breaks right for them and their target projection elevates, uh, or you, you draft them in tight end premium leagues, which are not too common, but I do play in some um, at FFPC. 
their standard format is actually tight end premium league is actually tight end premium where you get 1.5 point per reception for tight end catches. Um, so we got Ben Watson at tight end 23. He, he's not going to be an every down player. He's 37 years old, but he is reuniting with Drew Brees. Uh, and in 2015, when they played together, Ben Watson was uh, the overall tight end eight. Uh, camp reports on Ben Watson's physical condition have been glowing. That's no surprise. He's always kept himself in great shape. And that is why he's been able to have such a lengthy career. Mike Jasicki has been on the field uh, for 40 snaps this preseason, has zero catches. Um, and he may be a, a rookie tight end that has ups and downs and takes a while to get going. The good news is, though, that it does look like he's earned that starting job because he's run so much with the ones and he's a freaky, freaky athlete, one of the best athletes we've ever seen to come out of college. My guess is that Antonio Gates re-signs with the Chargers. You know, I'm, I'm kind of anticipating that. You look at their tight end depth chart, it's like Virgil Green and then Braden Bowman and Sean Culkin. They need to add someone. Uh, you know, I was, I've hoped that they would add like Seth DeValve or Rico Gathers. Uh, uh, Seth DeValve has been hurt all throughout training camp, though, and Rico Gathers seems like a guy that, you know, coaches just don't love, um, you know, because he doesn't always know what he's doing. Um, but... Uh, you know, and I don't even know if the Cowboys are looking to trade trade him at this point. Um, and he would have to go learn a new offense. It might not be a good situation anyway for Rico Gathers at this point. I think it just makes too much sense for them to not go get Antonio Gates. And I expect him to be out there scoring touchdowns, getting red zone targets uh, as early as week one. Austin Safarian Jenkins, I think kind of like what Gates will be with the Chargers. He'll be a touchdown dependent Player. He only scored three touchdowns this year, but he had or last year, but he had three pulled off the board. Um, I don't think he's going to be a big volume guy. You know, no one really is in Jacksonville. It's a run first team. Uh, but I do think that he could give us five to seven touchdowns uh, and provide some value in that way. Last tier is a lot of names, Evan, a lot of them. I'll go through them. Ed Dixon, Blake Jarwin. Part of the juggernaut Cowboys tight end core. Dallas Goddard, Eric Ebron, Jake Butt, Gerald Everett, Nick Vanette, Vernon Davis, Jonu Smith, Adam Shaheen, Jeff Hireman, Jordan Akins, Tyler Higby. And I'll just say this for this group, Evan. Dallas Goddard's good. I've watched I've watched the Eagles in practice. I've watched their first two preseason games. They play the third one tonight. He's good. And I just think, I, I know all the Cowboys fans go crazy and say, we didn't want him, we didn't want him, we wanted Connor Williams. Well, we'll see. Because I don't know if Connor Williams is good, but I'm pretty confident Dallas Goddard's good. <laughs> Dallas Goddard is good. So good, in fact, that even though he's technically behind Zach Ertz, and even though it's kind of difficult to you know, carve out a big role in terms of targets for him. I think he could absolutely crush this tight end 29 ranking and look, make me look like an idiot. Um, especially if there's no Alshon early in the year. I mean, then they would have, they would be so much incentivized to play two tight end sets and to use Ertz in the slot or Dallas Goddard in the slot. I mean, they can both play in the slot. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how his role kind of 
uh, evolves, but he is a special. I mean, he looks like he has a chance to be a, a special talent, and you know the Eagles just kind of dominating the league and adding this guy in the second round. If Ertz goes down, Dallas Goddard, every week fantasy starter. Um, we saw that even with Trey Burton, um, but I think that the same would be the case for Dallas Goddard, and Dallas Goddard might even be better than Trey Burton. Uh, Ed Dixon has been hurt like all of camp. He's got theoretical opportunity with Russell Wilson, but we haven't really seen anything materialize because he's been on the on the shelf. Um, we do have to rank him somewhere because uh, you know he's he has a projection. Um, but not really someone that I'm excited to see. Hopefully we could see him in the third preseason game, but I'm not sure he's even going to be available. Blake Jarwin, as you mentioned, leading the Cowboys tight end competition, at least in terms of pass catching. Jeff Swain will be the blocker. I'm not too excited about Blake Jarwin. Um, He could end up having some decent games, but my guess is he ends up being a guy who gives us like three to four catches and 30 to 35 yards per game and, you know, n- never somebody that we're, we're super excited about. Jill Everett has missed a bunch of camp with a shoulder injury. He's got big-time potential. But, uh, you know, again, he's got he's to, gotta, like, earn snaps. I mean, he couldn't earn snaps behind Tyler Higbee last year. And missing training camp time is only going to hurt him and hurt his chances uh, of earning extra playing time. Eric Ebron, haven't seen him out there with the ones very much. And that's a concern. Jake Butt, we have seen him out there with the ones, but he's still in a training camp battle with Jeff Hireman. Jeff Hireman, a guy that, I mean, you know, it was right to be skeptical about him for years, but he looked good in the second preseason game, and that battle is ongoing. Adam Shaheen has looked really good this training camp, but he just suffered a foot and ankle injury, and it sounds like he's out indefinitely. So that's going to bring Deion Sims back into the fold. Deion Sims, mostly a blocker. Trey Burton is the only guy you really want to draft uh, right now from the Bears tight end core. Vernon Davis becomes a factor if Jordan Reed misses time, which he has, of course, been known to do. Jonu Smith becomes a factor if Delaney Walker misses time. And Delaney Walker has been a bit banged up during training camp. Uh, And then Jordan Aiken scored two touchdowns in the Texans preseason opener. Uh, really, really good athlete. They took him in the third round, and he could surprise with playing time this season uh, in an explosive Texans passing game. Okay, so as usual, you just got an information dump from Evan. Evan, thank you very much as always. Now, what do you do with the information dump? You use it to your advantage in fantasy leagues or when you're placing some wagers, like the ones you place at betonline.ag. They got prop bets. They're not messing around. You use the po- the code PODCAST1, you get a 50% sign-up bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Again, it's BetOnline.ag. Use promo code PODCAST1. You can still use that and take advantage and make the rest of these week three preseason games interesting. Starting the night you with the, the Browns and the Eagles, you can make – all of the rest of the preseason games interesting. If you really want to be a degenerate, go to betonline.ag and bet on the fourth preseason game. Now that's fun. Use the code PODCAST1, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. That'll do it for the first Fantasy Feast 
Eaton podcast for this week. Tomorrow, we will have my guy. You want to talk about salt of the earth, awesome guy. Shane Beckett, a.k.a. Uncle Buckets, a.k.a. the uncle of the auction draft. Love talking to Shane pretty much every year. He is a beer-drinking guy's guy. Absolutely love it. Looking forward to it. Speaking of love, you still have time because I'm going to announce the next three candidates for the Fantasy Feast Redraft League tomorrow. So you still have time to either get in before we announce that tomorrow or you have time to hit us up uh, for next week. And the way you do that is you take advantage of any of our different sponsors and then email me, ross at rostucker.com, after you did that. You can certainly rate and review the show. If you want to do that, that's one option. You can just use the Amazon banner ad on the homepage over at rostucker.com or any of the sponsors on the sponsor page, like our dudes at Pro Football Focus. You know how I feel about Pro Football Focus. Uh, I'm mad because years ago, I never told you guys this, but years ago, Evan, I didn't tell you this either. Years ago, you know, they approached me about Pro Football Focus and asked what I thought. And I said, I'm intrigued by it. But the issue I had was that I'm an offensive lineman. And that's the position more than any other that's the hardest for them to judge. And so I, I just saw the flaws in it. And those still are flaws. But I think they've done a pretty good job of making up for what could never be a 100% perfect science. And now, by the way, you can use that to your advantage for fantasy football. I'll tell you about this on tomorrow's show as well, right at the start, I think. But profootballfocus.com, you use the promo code POD20, you get 20% off. They've got uh, waiver wire targets, daily fantasy lineups, optimize your draft picks. And then if you do PFF Elite, they even got a green line game picks premium stats database. Pretty awesome. Sign up at profootballfocus.com. Use promo code POD20 to save 20% on all subscription plans. Other than that, that was awesome. We are now done with the tears of Evan, but we got to find out for you auction dudes what you need to do from Shane Beckett, Uncle Buckets on tomorrow's Fantasy Feast. Plus, find out which one of you guys is going to be in the league against Evan and I. Let's do this. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.